The following program is brought to you in living color. Hi, I'm Tony Figueroa, the child of television, and welcome to another installment of This Week in TV History. I say it like I've done this over and over again. This is the first time I'm doing this on YouTube. You can hear me talk about TV history on TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television, and you could also read my blog, childoftelevision.blogspot.com. But today I want to talk to you about two big milestones this week of November. Now, the first one takes place on Sesame Street. Now, a lot of the great Sesame Street milestones happen to take place in November. The show normally will premiere its season in November as opposed to September, like most other shows. Also, the show first premiered in November of 1969, imagine 51 years ago. The most important episode, according to a lot of the cast and crew, was the episode where the adults have to explain to Big Bird about Mr. Hooper dying. And this was after the passing of a beloved character, Mr. Hooper, played by an actor named Will Lee. Now, this aired on Thanksgiving of 1983, and they chose to air it on Thanksgiving because adults would most likely be home and be able to watch the episode with their kids. Now, there was another character that was introduced in November of 1971, November 15th, 1971, and that was a character named Mr. Snuffleupagus. Now, Mr. Snuffleupagus was a large, large Muppet creature the size of an elephant, practically. He had a trunk, which was called his snuffle, and he was covered with this brown fur. His catchphrase was, oh dear. So, and he, he basically sounded like Eeyore from uh, Winnie the Pooh. When Snuffy would make entrances or exits, he often had this little jazz music that would be playing around, which also became kind of a running gag. But the main running gag about Mr. Snuffleupagus was that the adults saw him as Big Bird's imaginary friend. And he would arrive, say hi to Big Bird. Big Bird would have him wait, usually by his nest. He would go running over to the other side of the street where Hooper's store was and round up everyone and bring them over to see Mr. Snuffleupagus. Never happened. Usually Mr. Snuffleupagus would leave before the adults arrived. Maybe he had to go comb his hair, go talk to his mom, pick up some dry cleaning. I don't know. But he was always gone by the time the adults got back. Well, in 1985, they decided to put an end to that running gag. The basic premise was still the same. Mr. Snuffleupagus arrived at Big Bird's nest. Only this time, Big Bird got help from a new character named Elmo, who was able to hold down Mr. Snuffleupagus by holding on to his snuffle. Big Bird goes to grab the adults, brings them over, and they finally see Mr. Snuffleupagus for the very first time. And they all apologize to Big Bird for not believing him. This particular episode also featured famous talk show host Phil Donahue, and he had a whole bit throughout the episode, and he also gets to meet Mr. Snuffleupagus along with all the other adults. Now, the reason for ending this long-running gag was very serious, because I don't want to shift gears and, and get really, really heavy, but this is according to Snuffy performer Martin P. Robinson. And he revealed, and I'm, and I'm trying to get the quote uh, correct here, that they finally decided to in, 
introduce the main cast uh, because of a string of high-profile and sometimes graphic stories of pedophilia that um, would air on shows like 60 Minutes. Now, the writers felt that by having the adults refuse to believe Big Bird and the story of Mr. Snuffleupagus is um, they thought that they were scaring children into thinking that their parents would not believe them if they had been abused and the kids would be better off remaining silent. So they thought it was time to have the grown-ups believe Big Bird when he does say that Mr. Snuffleupagus is real. Mr. Snuffleupagus is not only real, he's been on the show. Wow. Next year, it will be 50 years. That character will be 50 years old when they premiere next season. It's pretty amazing. Um, this is one of the most famous children's programs, and I think it's one of the most important ones, too. Uh, so there are a lot of great milestones that involve this show that we will talk about in future YouTube uh, visits. The other milestone of the week that I want to bring up takes place in Dallas. Now, not the real Dallas. I'm talking about the nighttime soap opera Dallas. And that happened November 21st, 1980. And the episode was called Who Done It? And I think you know what I'm talking about. This is the episode where we finally find out who shot JR. Now, if you were not around in 1980, if you're Knowledge of Dallas is watching reruns. Obviously, one episode airs where he's shot, and then you know, the next day you see the episode where the story continues. But in 1980, the episode where JR was shot actually was actually aired, the season finale aired in March. And we didn't find out until November who the shooter was. Uh, imagine something happening in March. And now it's November, and you've been waiting in, in anticipation for something to transpire. What's that like? Um, anyway, yeah, it was March 21st to November 21st, where everybody was left in suspense. That's a, a long time, even for uh, television fans. The term, who shot JR, became part of America's lexicon. It was seen on t-shirts, or I remember seeing people with t-shirts that say, I shot JR. It was a big deal, and we finally find out that it was Kristen Shepard, uh, Sue Ellen's sister, who shot J.R. Kristen was also uh, a mistress of J.R.'s, but just one of many, many, many mistresses. This particular episode was seen with an audience of 83 million people in the U.S. alone. So that's not worldwide. That's just in the U.S., and that means 76% of all U.S. televisions that night were tuned in. Now, at this particular time, 1980, most American homes did not have any way of recording the episode. So uh, VCRs were a couple of years away. Nowadays, we have DVRs where we could record three, possibly four shows at the same time. But that was not it. You had to be home. And that means crime rates could drop. Uh, Plumbing issues could happen when people go to flush the toilet during the commercial break. I mean, it was a huge deal. The only broadcast to break this particular record would be a couple of years later when the series finale of MASH aired. And that record has not yet been broken. Again, now people can record and watch at their leisure as opposed to having appointment viewing. 
having the entire family sit down and sit in front of the TV to see that particular show. This particular uh, um, show, and I would say not only the episode, but it also inspired other television writers to have their shows end the season with a cliffhanger. This became a huge tradition. Uh, one of the reasons why you had this big gap in time between March and November was that Larry Hagman, who played J.R. Ewing famously, uh, was in contract negotiations, and it was a little contentious to, you know, for him to come back. He had all the leverage uh, that he could possibly have uh, to re, 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 uh, renew his contract as J.R. Ewing, and uh, I'd say more importantly, in the fall of 1980, the Screen Actors Guild went on strike, so all production was halted. So a lot of the uh, TV history for the fall of 1980 is pushed back a couple of months, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the future. And we're going to pause right here, but we'll have more TV history right after this message. If you want to talk to me about either topic, Dallas or Sesame Street, and I know it's yeah, these two are worlds apart, but if you do want to talk to me, leave comments below here, and I'll be more than happy to engage in any of this. And we're going to talk about these shows again and again and again. And again, if you want to uh, read my blog, childoftelevision.blogspot.blog, or you could hear me on TV Confidential, a radio show about television, along with my beautiful wife, Donna Allen, and Ed Robertson. Uh, just go to tvconfidential.com. You can also check out our Facebook page. I love talking about this stuff. I certainly hope that you do too. I'm Tony Figueroa. Stay tuned. <laughs>